0: To prevent breast cancer, we have to be steps ahead. I'm a molecular biologist and epidemiologist, so I study large populations of women to try to figure out why some women get breast cancer and others don't. And I also look for biomarkers, for example, molecules in the blood, that can tell us about a woman's breast cancer risk. In the next few minutes, I'm going to try to convince you that we need to look at molecular markers not only in our present but also in our past in order to guide our way towards the future, which, in my view, is personalized breast cancer prevention. While 5 to 10% of breast cancers are due to genetic mutations, most breast cancers are thought to be due, in large part, to environmental exposures and lifestyle factors. But we still don't understand how this all works. And genetics is important. But for the past 15 years, I've been studying something called epigenetics, which is the study of heritable changes in gene expression that don't involve changes in the DNA sequence. And epigenetics is neat because environmental exposures and lifestyle factors can change our epigenetics. That is, they can leave molecular marks on our DNA that thus affect gene expression and potentially cancer risk. And while we can't change the DNA that we were born with, we can choose to move more, eat less, and quit smoking to try to undo or counteract the bad molecular marks that we've been accumulating over the course of our lifetime. But what if this isn't enough? A fascinating but understudied area of research is how exposures can affect our health even before we're born. So it's not only what your mother was doing when she was carrying you, but also what she was doing as a child, what your father was doing, your grandparents, or even great-grandparents, all the stresses they endured, all of this could potentially be affecting your health. This may sound crazy, but you've already heard of the DES study. And there have been studies that have shown that women who were exposed in utero to high levels of the pesticide DDT had four times the risk of breast cancer compared to other women. And this was accompanied by changes in epigenetics in some breast cancer-related genes. And animal studies have shown that epigenetic alterations can be passed down through several generations, through both the paternal and the maternal line. So is it possible that some of us were born with an epigenetic susceptibility to breast cancer, and if so, What can we do about it? To answer the first question, first, we need to expand our panel of epigenetic markers to cover more exposures that we face every day. We have such markers for things like obesity and cigarette smoking, and I'm working on identifying um, epigenetic markers for pesticide exposure. But we need to cover more of these exposures, things we face every day like air pollution, water pollution, the ports, where we live, chemicals, viruses. And we need to do this in multiple generations, hopefully in populations with um, an array of social economic status, race ethnicities, so that we can determine if these factors are indeed associated with breast cancer risk. And this would enable us to better determine a woman's individual risk so that we can design strategies, personalized strategies, for her to counteract these risks. We can test these prevention strategies in animal models. There's been fascinating and exciting work in the neurobehavior field, where they've shown that trauma-induced epigenetic changes in the mouse brain from previous generations could be counteracted by environmental interventions. But these are the kinds of studies that we need to do in the context of breast cancer prevention. Using this multi-pronged approach, we will be able to better determine a woman's personal breast cancer risk by incorporating not only her genetic factors along with her personal health history and exposures and lifestyle factors, but also, accounting for the epigenetic marks that she may have inherited from her parents or grandparents. And we will be able to establish prevention strategies for individual women to counteract her specific factors and thereby decrease not only her breast cancer risk, but potentially the risk in her daughters, granddaughters, and future generations. Thank you. Amazing. (laughs) Judges, do you have questions? Yes. Yes, thank you. So you you discussed the personal interventions. How, uh, or has there been any thought given to how this would be applied to systems and policy? Uh, You mentioned stress, and looking at historical injustices, we know there's a whole body of work on weathering, uh, and I think that there could be some application there. Have you considered that? That's a good question. So I think that because all of us are exposed to different things, that we're gonna have to get more personal. And so when we wanna implement this system-wide, I mean, these are things that we can do every day. Like we can, we can implement a system or a program to encourage healthier lifestyles, um, avoidance of chemicals, and I think these are things that would improve our health, not only our breast health, but other um, to prevent other chronic diseases, and so I think it's going to be in our best interest as a community to implement such a program. Any other questions from the from the judges? You look like you're forming one. <laughs> I look puzzled, no. I'm just wondering how you would get the data on previous generations and how confident you are in the retrospective data, how you deal with it. Yeah, it's really interesting work that's been done. Um, There's the Childhood Longitudinal Study. Um, There's the Avon Longitudinal Study. There are um, an array of studies, so I didn't say this, I forgot to say this, but I wanted to draw upon existing multi-generational cohorts, with archived DNA. That's how we can look at epigenetic markers. Um, So we have some multi-generational studies in the US, and also there are some in Europe, like in Sweden and Denmark, that we can draw from. And then then you would talk to the current generation that's alive, uh, that's part of that that familial cohort? Right. We can get follow-up information from the women who are still living. Um, and there are lots of uh, registries that we can link to, like the California can- Cancer Registry, um, so that if we have um, the participants' information from when they you know, enrolled in the studies, then we can link to their outcomes using these registries. Awesome, thank you very much. Thank you. Any, any more questions? Okay, thank you so much.